Welcome in to the Shop Management Show presented by AutoLeap. I'm your host, Will. This podcast will explore the experiences, challenges, and lessons learned of auto repair shop owners. We'll cover every topic imaginable from EVs to ADOS, right to repair, the technician shortage, and so much more. AutoLeap is an all-in-one cloud-based shop management software that allows shop owners to better run their business, increase efficiency, and grow revenue. You can find a link to schedule a free demo with AutoLeap in the show notes of this episode. Please like, share, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. If a technician wants to start training for this, do you have other specific recommendations in terms of formal training and from a broader industry perspective? Do you think there's enough training for EVs available? Do you see other opportunities where this can kind of be brought into the mainstream where every shop feels like they have enough access to this type of education and preparation for EVs? Yeah. Um, yeah, there, if probably if everybody took advantage of it, there would be a tremendous shortage. Right now, they're out there. Um, depending on the market you're in, um, I've just had uh, probably four of my clients go through serious six to eight month segments of sending their people to training. Um, I think they did probably almost two weeks a month and in person training, and it was it was really hard on their business. Um, to get there and to to get trained. Um, having said that, they've got a huge leg up now as they start to move forward. Um, go ahead and start researching the training. Training today comes in lots of different uh, formats. You know, our traditional formats of going to the, the community college, uh, deal with them, um, deal with from a supplier. Yeah, though that's a traditional way of doing it. However, um, YouTube and there's shops out there that are doing unconventional training. You need to you need to be reaching out to them and start to learn what they have. Um, I remember when we first started working on German cars. Um, I allied myself with a with a scan tool manufacturer, and I sent two of my technicians to Europe, and and we did training in Europe, and they came back. They came back different. They were gone for two weeks each, and they came back different. <laughs> they 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 could they were starting to speak the language of the car and um it doesn't really matter what type of training they take because an aftermarket technician is designed to be a problem solver and once he learns one technology then he can start to say okay i see how these are similar and i can see the logic in being able to figure it out that's a really great example of actually pushing your comfort zone and learning new skills and really being thrown into the fire, if you will. I think that will be a mentality that aftermarket shops overall will have to adopt in terms of preparing for EVs. Let's dive into some of the specific shop strategies. I first wanted to start from just that the, the big picture shop owner level of preparing for EVs. What steps can a shop owner who's concerned about EVs and emerging technology overall take to prepare their business for servicing these types of vehicles? So let's let's first talk talk about a marketing point of view, um, because if we're if you're in a community and you want to be um, the leading EV repair shop, because let's face it, if you can prove that you can fix an EV. You can fix the Honda. You can fix the Chevy. You'll, you'll, you know, I'm not talking about getting rid of those vehicles, but if you can show your competency in in other things, you will you will have the competency given to you in the other areas. So, what do you need to do? Um, I think I think you need to start looking at your domains and 
and start purchasing the domains in your market. So the um, XYZ uh, EV repair, you know, uh, if you're in uh, my city is called Hamilton. So HamiltonEVRepair.com, you know, start starting to buy those domains. They may be sold already. Um, I think you need to purchase an EV yourself. Okay. Um, so that you've, um, you can then take that EV and you can wrap it and you can start to um, start to advertise that you can fix that vehicle. Here's the thing. In the aftermarket, we get used to being pushed beyond our limits. Start to move on this. Start to put the things in place. If you wait for somebody else to do it for you, you're not going to get there. So you're going to need to go out there and start advertising that you know how to fix those vehicles. Train your people and start to move on it. Um, and, and encourage your staff to be buying EVs also. Uh, put a charger into your store. Uh, put a sign up saying that you that you do EVs. Start to move towards it. Remember, ICE vehicles aren't going anywhere. They're going to be around for a long time. But I'm looking at supplementing your business and showing that you're ahead of the curve in core competencies. I think it's really interesting and kind of a theme I'm picking up from you about how it's instilling that culture of EVs in your shop, even before you become experts, even before you feel confident about working on a vehicle. It's creating that culture ahead of time. It's starting to work on the marketing. It's kind of putting all of these pieces together, even before you're ready to officially launch as an EV business. I did it the same with BMW. I remember in 2000, I forget the year exactly, whether it was three or four, I put a huge BMW sign up on the end of my building. And uh, people coming one way towards me just saw this huge BMW. I think it was 10 feet by 10 feet. And it was just a logo. And now I did get a cease and desist order from, from BMW. <laughs> but, but it was up there for almost two years. And I said, we fix BMWs. And... Did we know how to fix BMWs when we first started? No, not really. There was lots of figuring out. Um, the, here's the thing. I run my repair shops and I run my consulting business uh, with a true north morality. And I'm not going to recommend things. And I'm not going to do things for people that put them in danger. Okay, understand that. Um, I had very, very competent people working for me. But yeah, we were picking up the phone lots, getting lots of support, helping, you know, learn from people. It's uh, an interesting story how I learned about BMW. I learned it. I was on a, on a holiday and I, I met a dealer from the Bronx, New York. It was a BMW dealer. And he said, you should be doing this in the aftermarket. And I went back and I bought my first BMW that week. Um, just like this week, I bought a Tesla this week so that I could start to... Um, be in the business, start to understand this technology, have this technology. So when the customer pulls in with that vehicle, he sees a number of them on the shop, on the on the parking lot floor, and, and he sees that you're in this business. I think that's great advice. And it's really interesting to hear your specific examples of even preparing for a different brand of vehicle and how that experience went. It'd be great to cover now the specialized equipment and tools that will be required of shops, how you would recommend preparing for that now, even if you're not necessarily ready to make those, you know, heavy, heavy cost investments. Well, that's, that's a bit of a tough thing for me, um, because I'm not a technical guy. Um, so um, I work on the business and the marketing side, and I rely on other people for that. I can tell you the one area that you're going to need to do is you're going to need to become very, very good at programming. And, and you know, I see my son-in-law doing this, and he's not a tech either. He's running the front shop, but he's doing a ton of the programming, and he's understanding how to do it. And yes, things go wrong, 
but stick with it. And the more you you learn as you work through problems, the stronger you become. And um, I think the the technician of the future will be a programmer. Realize realize this is a lot simpler technology than we currently have. You know, we're not going to have all this emission control that we have. We're not going to have all the hydraulics that we have right now. It's electric and electric servo motors that run this. Um, so um, I recommend that you're you're doing safety training so that you understand what you're dealing with and not damaging things. And those safety courses are available everywhere. A lot of them are online. Um, but I, I can't really help as far as um, the actual technology and the tools for it. There's a lot of talk in the industry about the downside of EVs approaching and how those will affect aftermarket shops. What about the upside of shops that feel completely prepared and that they're ready to take advantage of EVs? What does that picture, that upside picture look like for businesses who become prepared for this technology? So I think there's a tremendous upside coming. And I think and, and I'm going to go back to my earlier statement. I think there's a bunch of OE dealers that aren't going to make it. There's going to be a bunch of um, a bunch of manufacturers that are going to come in from China, okay? And don't have your head in the sand about China. Um, that's where the where the new um, the new cars are going to come from. So there's going to be a bunch of those manufacturers coming in from China. There's going to be a bunch of them come in that don't come in with the traditional dealer model. Okay, that they're going to come in with an agency model similar to Tesla, and they're not going to have enough service base to service their cars. So they're going to rely on people like us in the aftermarket, and they're going to look for shops that that are ready to service their vehicles and they can make associations with. So I'd be strong in being being part of associations. Um, and, you know, if you can be a part of a Napa group, if you can be part of a CarQuest group and you're doing the technical training with them and there's certification through them you're going to be first in line to start servicing, maybe doing the warranty work on those cars. Um, I think the opportunities are so strong. And, you know, the technicians that don't find work because of the, you know, the legacy OE manufacturers that, that don't make it, they're going to come work for us. And they're going to come into the aftermarket and they're going to start to learn what they have to learn. What other final pieces of advice in terms of long-term strategic planning for shop owners, uh, technicians, their business as a whole, would you provide for preparing for EVs to really capitalize on this moment? I think the, the future could be capital intensive. And if it's capital intensive, um, that means you're going to have to have money to do this. So um, number one, work on your business now. Okay, make sure your business is highly profitable um, and the, the bank thinks it's highly profitable. Okay, so there's there's two different sides to that one. You may have a lot of money in your in your jeans, but can you go to the bank and get a loan if you need to if you need to do something with your facility uh, or is the bank going to laugh at you when you start doing it and say, Yo, you're not making enough money. So if you're not making enough money and I've been there, okay, I know what I'm talking about with that. Because I've been in there when the bank laughed at me. Go back and do something about it in your business. Hire a coach. Be very specific. This is what I got to do. I got to get it to the point where it's pro more profitable. I remember um, just a quick little story that probably will resonate with everybody. Um, I remember one of my performance group meetings, one of my uh, colleagues in another shop said to me, he said, Alan, he says, you always have the best sales of anybody in the group. But your bottom line is the worst percentage of anybody. And 
that was really hard to take. It was like a kick in the gut. But you know what? It forced me to wake up and start to work on my profit percentage and start to, to really buckle down. Four years later, I sold my business for four times multiple of a really good profit. And um, I got a really good dollar for my business. But if that other fellow hadn't told me to, to start working on that. Um, so either, the, either you're going to sell your business or you're going to be highly, you're going to need capital to, to do an expansion. Um, how about if something, you know, an opportunity just stares you right in the face and you can't do it because you don't have the money. Um, make sure that your business is well capitalized right now and that the bank likes it. I, I book a meeting with your banker. Okay, find the right banker, go to lunch with him. He'll pay for lunch, okay? And go sit down with him and show him your financials and, and say, look, it, if I was wanting to talk about money, if an opportunity came along, would you lend me money? And and that'll be a great discussion because he'll turn around and he'll say, no, oh, never never in 100 years will I lend you money because, because of this number, because of this number, and because of this number, I wouldn't do it. And if you're doing cash business right now and putting the cash in your pocket, he won't ever do business with you. Okay. Everything has to go through the books. It has to be upright. It has to be done properly. So it sounds like from a shop owner's perspective, they need to make sure that they have the foundation in place. They need to make sure that their financials are, are in a proper place before they can even consider a move to EVs in the future or even starting to think about. Well, you could do it the same way you're doing it right now, but realize there may be some big, there may be some big opportunities coming up. Think of think of the um, of the shop owners that had a knock on the door in 1980 from a Honda dealership, and and the Honda Motor Company showed up at their door and said, "We'd like you to be our Honda dealer." Okay, and th there were so many sh small shop owners that had that happen, and they turned around and they said, "Yeah, let's go," but they had to be in a good place financially to be able to do it. And they grew with Honda. We could have a company like, say, for example, Geely shows up at your door. BYD shows up at your door. Neil shows up at your door. Okay. Wouldn't you like to be ready for? I think that's a great place to conclude our conversation. Thank you so much for joining me today, Alan. And we'll be back soon with the next episode of the Shop Management Show presented by Autoleaf.